It's time to fire up the three-cylinder star drive, the show that sputters along, touring a galaxy of pop culture and fanboy fiction. And now, here are your hosts, Richard Coots and Roger Colby. Hey, welcome back to Three Cylinder Star Drive. I am Roger Colby, science fiction writer. And I'm Richard Coots, and I'm a fount of pop culture trivia. <laughs> All right, today we're going to talk about books that should be movies. All right. So, um, however, I do want to talk about this because I just found this out. I read this story. A um, couple books that I've read that I really loved are being optioned right now for movies. Um but see, this goes back to when I read Ready Player One. Right. You know, and uh, Ready Player One is supposed to come out when? Uh, next, in March, I in believe. In March, yeah. It's supposed to come out in March, and it's directed by Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I read Ready Player One, it's the first, you know, I read that book, and uh, it's written by the guy who wrote um, the script for Fanboys. Really? Yes. Cool. So, um, and I really loved it. It was just so good. And then I read Armada, which, you know, it wasn't as good as um, Ready Player One. But Ready Player One's great, man. Um, takes place in Oklahoma City. Yeah. We're, um, we're angry that that's not happening. Yeah, man. Come on, Spielberg. Yeah. That should have been Oklahoma City, not wherever you said it. Michigan I think it was um, Seattle. Oh, now man, or I something. don't know. I don't know. But anyway, um, you know, I found out Ready Player One's becoming a movie, and I'm like, wow, that's awesome. And, you know, the stuff you're going to see in the movie is – pretty much the way the book is. I mean, it's like got all this pop culture references and stuff like that. But I did find out recently that Amazon is, uh, they're optioning a couple of books. Um, one of them, I don't really know what, which one of the two that stood out for me was, uh, Larry Niven's ring world and Neil Stevenson's snow crash. Okay. Those two things, those two books, um, are they going to be movies or mi- are well, they going to be series? They're optioning them to be series. Okay. So, um, but Ringworld is awesome. And honestly, it was written, uh, I think, 50s or 60s and uh, by Larry Niven. And basically, it's the story. It's like far in the future and human beings are like advanced genetic beings and stuff. And they live for hundreds of years now and all this stuff. And we've reached out into space and we found other races, other species and stuff. And we're we coexist with them kind of in a federation kind of thing like Star Trek, but not as hokey. Um, not as unrealistic, but you've got all these, uh, all these I'm just angered every Star Trek. Fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm a Star Trek fan too, but I just find that maybe that's for another podcast. Yeah. We can talk about that, but I didn't like Star Trek. Discovery. Yeah, Star Trek. Okay. So, um, Anyway, so the humans have reached out to these aliens, and some aliens in their group, or whatever, in their association, or whatever, have discovered something floating around a star, and they want this human and some other aliens to go out, and like in this group, this research group, to fly out there and check it out. And so when they get there, they like crash land on it, and it's basically this huge um, ring that circles a planet, circles a star, and it is, you know thousands of miles wide and it circles the whole star and rotates around and it has a gravity and it has uh, mountains and rivers and stuff on the inside facing the star and they crash land on there and then they have to like you know survive there and yeah, stuff don't, and, don't they find this group of people they look like humans but they have veins in the palm of their hand <laughs> and, and they 
they have this thing called the way that they live by. <laughs> yeah. Like these special packs. Not really. Okay. Not all <laughs> that's funny. Okay. But but no, um it's it's really good. The the, the novel series is really good. Um and it's really what launched Larry Niven's career as a writer. Um it is a staple of science fiction. It really is. Um, if you're going to read you know, like old school science fiction like me, then you need to pick up Ringworld and read it because it's a great book. It's so good. Um, and the other book that they're talking about optioning as a series is Snow Crash. Okay. Um, oh, and b- about Larry Niven, you know the whole Ringworld thing? Uh-huh. That's where Halo gets its idea. Oh, really? So the whole ring world is halo is a ring world it's oh, okay. like you know it's see here's the thing i've never played halo well i played like at a friend's house once and it was just like a player on player match so i don't yeah. really know anything about the story yeah it's um basically the halo is this huge ring world that but what i don't understand about the ring world is in larry niven's ring world there is a star in the middle of it that mm-hmm. heats the ring world so that it has starlight has sunlight you know so uh-huh. it can you know get radiation hits and you know, warms up the ground and, you know, goes through the atmosphere and actually has an atmosphere on the inside of the ring. Whereas Halo is just like floating out in space with no real star inside the middle of it. And I don't understand how it doesn't just like blow apart because it's, it, or how the inside is able to be heated because uh, there's no starlight or no star that's generating heat. So I'm just, I, you know, as a science fiction writer, I have a real problem with the Halo from the game. Okay. I really do. Okay. But the Halo in the in the Ring World is really, I mean, he's thought this thing out. It's it's really amazing. And, and um, there's another kind of uh, thing like that that was kind of dealt with. Um, Star Trek, Next Generation, had an episode where they had a Dyson Sphere. And a Dyson Sphere is this huge um, uh, sphere that's around a star. And on the inside of the sphere is where all the land is. And it captures all the heat from the star. And so it, uh, you're able to live on the inside of it or whatever. And, that's, and the Dyson Sphere is like some, I don't know, some scientist named Dyson who came up with this idea. It's like you could probably do that or whatever. It's like a, some kind of theoretical science fiction thing. Okay. But the second one is Snow Crash by Neil Stevenson. And Snow Crash <clears throat> is this uh, novel. It's a cyberpunk novel. And it's one of those classic science science fiction cyberpunk novels, kind of like um, oh, there's another one I can't remember that started the whole uh, Matrix thing. Uh, but basically, it's a story of this guy who is a pizza delivery guy during the day, and at night, he's the greatest swordsman in the world on the internet. On the internet, okay. <laughs> and they're all like, um, everybody lives on these. They go and they jack in, and yeah. it's like a virtual world. They run around. They have avatars. And, uh, you know, some people can't afford good avatars, so they have, like, black and white 2D avatars. And other people can afford really awesome ones that are three-dimensional and color and all that stuff. Um, But it's just, man, it would make a great series. It really would. And it's funny. It's funny. However, there's some of it, it's it's definitely not going to be PG. It's definitely not going to be PG-13. It would probably be R because of some of the stuff that's in it. It's very... Uh, for one, it's very violent, and two, there's some some stuff in it. If they did it, what was in the book, um, there's some relationships that are not very uh, appropriate. <laughs> like we're talking age-wise. Yeah. So, so, so filmmakers, yeah, it's okay not to include some it's things. It's okay not to include that in the book. It would be a really good series if it didn't have 
that aspect of it. Um, it's a little disturbing in the book. Uh, when I read it, I was like, okay, do I want to continue reading this? And, and it kind of moved on from that, so yeah. it was not like, you know. But, uh, you know, it's one of those classic uh, uh, cyberpunk novels that they could probably turn into a series that would be really good. And with Ready Player One coming out, right, it would be a natural shoot-in. Yeah, I, I, so. I still haven't completely read that book. I need to. I had it, but now I don't have it. Uh, <laughs> um, it disappeared. It disappeared. Uh, Maybe a duck ate it. Yeah. Probably. One of your ducks. I don't know. They'll eat anything, it seems like. <laughs> All right, so what are some other books that you think would make really good series or films? Uh, you know what? Um, well, this is actually a book that I read uh, about probably 16, 17 years ago. Um, they're actually making it into a movie. It's called Meg. Okay. And it's about the, these people discovering the Megalodon shark, and it's a horror book. Okay. But it's really good. And then I heard they're making the movie, and I was like, oh, cool, finally, because I'd actually been wanting that to be made for a long while. I kind of wanted there to be a Megalodon in Jurassic World. I was like... I want to see the Plasiosaurus fight with the Megalodon. Uh, but anyways, then I they said, Jason, now Jason Statham's going to be in it. I was like, oh, that's cool. And they're like, and it's going to be an action comedy. I was like, uh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, Why? Oh, no. That, that's, that's really bad. Um, there was, However, there's another book that I would really love to see become a film or a series, and it would make a great series. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a book called by Clifford D. Simak, and Clifford D. Simak is one of the great science fiction writers, right up there with like Asimov and you know, uh, you know uh, Arthur C. Clarke and uh, Philip K. Dick. He wrote a book in '63, 1963, called *The Way Station*. Okay. And this book is about a guy who uh, was in the Civil War. Okay. And for whatever reason, during the Civil War. He was contacted by aliens, all right, during the Civil War, because he was dying or whatever. And they told him, they said, we can restore your health, and we can help you live forever if you want. But the only, the only stipulation is you have to man a way station in the Appalachians. And it's like he just, yeah, it's desperate. You know, he's like, yeah, I want to live. So he lives, they restore him to health. And he's, like, lived since the Civil War, and it's, like, 1963, right? And he lives in this little shack yeah. in the Appalachian Mountains. And his shack, though, is not a normal shack, okay? As long as he stays inside the shack, he doesn't age. When he steps out of the shack, he ages, okay? He's about 35 years old. That's when he puts on his icy hot patch. When he comes out of the <laughs> yeah, shack, right. he's getting old. Yeah, right. Um, no, but uh, the, the shack itself is a way station because the way they travel, uh, it's all kinds of alien races all over the universe, you know, and, it's, and apparently it's this giant universe full of thousands and thousands of different races. And the way that they travel across long distances in the universe is they go through these teleporters. The only thing is, it's not like Star Trek. Okay. Because on, the, on one side, I'm getting on Star Trek again. Yeah. Um, no, this is cool. So... It's not like Star Trek where you dematerialize and rematerialize, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, what they do is they kill you on one side and then re recreate you on the other side, but you're still the same person. 
all right? Okay. And it only goes for certain distances. So Earth would be one way station along the way going from one place to another. And so what he has to do is he gets these communiques from the, from the, the teleporter service or whatever, and he has to prepare the environment for whatever creature's coming through. Okay. And it's always like some weird, like, okay, you have to provide an argon environment because this thing is coming and it's going to have to live in argon or something and breathes argon. Oh, yeah, it's so kind of like, like that um, habitat that Superman has. Yeah. In the Fortress of... Is that in the Fortress of Superman? Yeah, it is, it is. Okay, it is. but he creates different environments of different worlds for different creatures that he saves and Right, stuff. And, and it seems so. great, you know, and, and, and um, until there's this wrinkle where the U.S. government Oh boy! Like figures out that there's this dude there, and he hasn't aged. And um, all the people that live in the area, they just think of him as like some guy that's a hermit. And he kind of lives mm-hmm. to his, keeps to himself. But there's like an agent or two who figure out that there's something weird going on, and so they start surveilling it. And so it's it's really good. It would be a great series. Um, there's all kinds of uh, you know you could have a week to week alien coming to the way station and then you could mix it in with the story arcs of you know the, the agents trying to track him down trying to figure out what he's doing and, you know and uh, but it's it's great uh, Clifford Simak is probably one of the great science fiction writers of all time I just love his books he writes very interesting science fiction stuff um, there's another book that I would like to see I, I read a lot of science fiction I probably read more than more science fiction than Nobody listening to this knows that, Roger. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's another one that I would like to see become a film, and it's a book called 14. It's just number 14. Okay. Okay. Not not that one they made. No. No, that was I Am Number 4 that I'm thinking no, of. Okay. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, 14, a uh, great book. It's written by Peter Kleins, um, and uh, you know, he's written a lot of different things. Uh, he wrote uh, The Fold, which is a great book about travel like uh, teleportation like it's like the reality of what it would really be <laughs> it's oh, really yeah. horrifying um, and uh, but this book 14 is you know what anyone and Peter Klein's books have been made into stuff okay so it's an easy jump he did uh, Wayward Pines mm-hmm. oh okay. cool yeah um, so this book is like this weird apartment complex in LA and uh, the, the rooms are all different sizes and there's a guy who keeps seeing these uh, seven-legged uh, green cockroaches crawling around his apartment. And every time he goes to change the light bulb in the kitchen, it uh, immediately becomes a black light for some reason. Um, but there's a reason. And you can't find any power cables going to the building at all. You can't figure out how the building is powered. And there's one apartment building, apartment room, okay, one apartment that has like four padlocks on it. And it's been painted over like so many times that the paint is just like thick on there and nobody's allowed to go in there, you know? Um, that's all I'm going to say about it because the book is one big long puzzle and you're, you're reading it and more things get revealed little bits at a time. It would be like Lost or, you know, one of those kind of shows, you know, like uh, where are we? What are we, what's going on, you know, kind of show. So that would be a great Man, that would be a great series. If the, even if it's a short run series, it would be really because the book is kind of short. It's, mm-hmm. it's almost a novella. It's it's a real easy read too. Um, but it would be a great series. Anyway. 
So this week's uh, Dollar Rental of the Week is a classic. It's a great movie, um, hilarious, low-budget, Bruce Campbell, Bubba Hotep. Bubba Hotep, right, <laughs> yes. Man, do we love this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I saw that when I was... The first time I saw it, I was probably, was probably 10. It came on TV. You saw that when you were 10? Yeah, and oh I was like, what the heck is this? Um, it is so weird. It, it is weird. <laughs> Basically, the premise is Elvis is dead. We think. We think. And he's living in a, like a rest home. Yeah, it's a rest home. And with this... With this um, it's an African-American guy yeah, African, who, who says he's that he's Kennedy. Kennedy? I thought he was George Washington. No, he's Kennedy. Okay, he's John Kennedy. Kennedy. Okay. Yeah, um, and that he had plastic surgery or something. Yeah. To make him look like, a, like an African-American. Yeah. He's a very old guy. <laughs> yeah. And um, Bubba Hotep is, well, he could be Elvis. Because he's got sideburns and he's got the rings on, you know, and he wears No, them. Bubba Hotep is is the mummy. Oh, Bubba Hotep's a movie. Bubba, but, but, Bruce but Campbell. Bruce Campbell play. plays it. What's his name in the movie? Uh, I forgot, but he believes he's Elvis. He says that he <laughs> he's actually Elvis and like he let this impersonator that used to work for him actually take over the role as the real Elvis so he can retire yeah, or something. Yeah, and that guy's the one yeah. that died on the toilet. Yeah, that's Elvis. the guy that died on the toilet. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so, so Elvis is still alive. Well, anyways, they're... they're so what what happens in this movie is all these people start dying in the old folks' home, which and, is normal. Which is normal, kind of thing, but a lot of them. But a lot of them, and they start and and so they're like, and they've discovered one day where they're just kind of out wandering around when they're not supposed to. They're supposed to be in their rooms. They see a mummy just walking up and down, going into people's room and sucking the life out of them. Yeah, and it's a mummy still in their life force. No, out, it, out their belly button. Out their belly button. Okay. Um, I didn't remember that part. Yeah. <laughs> Sucking them out their belly button. But anyways, yeah. So I guess to, you know, uh, uh, reanimate himself. Yeah. And so. Uh, he needs life force. He leaves life force to reanimate himself. And uh, so. Why and, is and, choosing elderly people? Yeah. Well, well, that's the thing. Well, because nobody because would. Nobody would because they well, die anyway. That's what they think. All the workers <laughs> and everything think that they're just, you know, dying of natural causes. They're yeah. old people. They're in a rest home. They're going to die. <laughs> um, so, so the mummy is found. This mummy is found. Bubba Hotep is just found like the perfect place to. Right. Collect yeah. himself some life force. But it's it's really good. It's really yeah. funny. How um, he got. I don't think they ever said where how he even gets to the retirement no. home today. No, well, no, he just ends up there. Yeah. And, I mean, it's like, but it's really funny, and it really makes you think, like, oh, man, Elvis could have done that. <laughs> you know, I mean, because it, it's like, it's plausible. It's plausible that he could have, like, had an impersonator do that and then just, like, slip away and pretend to be the impersonator and switch places with him. If the impersonator was good enough, you know, and looked like Elvis, yeah. he probably could have done it. He's like, I'm but done no, with Priscilla. No, she can no, have Elvis all the money. Is dead. Yeah. Elvis, is dead. Elvis okay. is dead. Yeah, sorry. Okay. So uh, until next week, I am Roger Colby. I'm Richard Coots.